5: And good Friday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy once again. And uh, no, Sandy hasn't left permanently. Don't worry about that. Sandy will be back in the chair on Monday morning. She's just taking a little pre-Thanksgiving break. And uh, I know she's having a good time with she and her husband. uh, Just relaxing and uh, enjoying some well-deserved time off. Because it's been kind of an intense period this year. Um, So much news to cover. Speaking of news. If you're standing up, I'd like you to sit down right now. If you're driving along, hold on to that steering wheel with both hands very tightly. Because I want to bring you some shocking news. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, may have misled the nation over the last year with this constant statement over and over again about his so-called reconciliation bill. I call it his socialist bill. Have you heard him say this? Doesn't times? cost a set. We all talked to the program's $1.75 billion. Guess what? It's paid for. Hey, no problem. Can we hear that again? Doesn't cost a set. We all talked to the ProGaz $1.75 billion. Guess what? It's paid for. Yeah, he said that over and over again. I know you've heard it. Well, in the last 24 hours... The Congressional Budget Office, which is a nonpartisan group, has been assessing, has been going through the 2,000-plus page bill that promises everything but the kitchen sink. And maybe that's in there, too, because I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing. But the Congressional Budget Office, here's their report, said the package would worsen federal deficits by $160 billion over the coming decade. Now, you know, it contains such things as billions in what the AP calls and others free preschool.
0: It's not free.
5: If it costs billions of dollars, it's not free. Normal people like us understand that. There's also language letting the government issue work permits to millions of illegal immigrants that would let them stay in the U.S. temporarily. By the way, that provision alone may be stopped by the uh, parliamentarians uh, because this is supposed to be financial. That's nothing to do with finances. That's just a strictly uh, political move. And uh, one major but expected difference with the White House's CBO estimated that the bill's $80 billion to beef up IRS tax enforcement would let it collect $207 billion in new revenue over the coming decade. Uh, supposedly a net savings of $127 billion, well below what the White House more optimistic. Uh, estimate was of $400 billion. no kidding, well below. Listen, folks, you know, and, and there's been analysis done even prior to what the CBO came out with overnight. But understand, this thing is going to cost far more than what we're being promised. Here's the other aspect. The figure that we have been given, and Stuart Varney of Fox News Business is going to explain this in just a second. The figure that the Democrats have been giving basically uh, is a figure based on their trickery that these programs, the cost of these programs are for only one year. But everybody knows that things like uh, free preschool uh, for childcare for four weeks, all of those things, once you put them out there, they are not going to be stopped. A political party is not going to stop it. So what you're getting is basically the cost of something for one year. It's kind of like when you get a mortgage. Uh, You can cost out for one year. The bank tells you this is what's going to cost for one year, but your mortgage is 25 or 30 years. So you you figure out what the real price is before you purchase that house. But this is the kind of trickery that's going on. Stuart DeVarney, as I say, of Fox News, uh, gave this assessment this morning, cut six.
1: They say that it's going to add $367 billion to the deficit. Nonsense. This is financial sleight of hand. There's a great deal of trickery involved in Build Back Better. Let me try to explain it to you. Okay. Take, take, for example, the child care allowance. It costs $130 billion a year. That's scheduled to expire after one year. So it's costed at 130 billion. That's not the cost of it. It'll never be repealed. Which politician is going to say, oh, no, no, you can't have that. You kids, your parents, you can't have that money any longer. You can't repeal it. It's going to be there forever. So the true cost of that one program is not 130 billion. It's one point three trillion if you cost it out over ten years. They- and exactly the same thing is true of the Obamacare enhanced subsidies, right. of the earned income tax credit. They're all going to phase out after one year. Not true. They'll go on for ten years and longer, which will cost eventually the total cost to build back better is more like five trillion dollars, not two trillion dollars. That is outrageous. What? The Wall Street Journal says this is the most dishonest spending bill I in read American that. history. I read that. Yeah, but you're not going to hear that
5: analysis from the Democrats. In fact, uh, right now, at this very moment, House uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, is up in the House making her final pitch uh, for the so-called "Bill Back Better Act, uh, which, uh, as Stuart Varney and others have said, is actually going to cost closer to $5 trillion, instead of this $1.75 or, or $1.8 trillion trillion that you've been hearing from the Democrats. Now, actually, it's this kind of funny. The Democrats were supposed to vote on this last night. They have the numbers in the House that's going to pass through the House. It's another question about what the Senate is going to do with this. But they were hoping to do it last night. But Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, (laughs) he got up last evening. I think it was around 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock last night, maybe central time or Eastern time, he got up and to have his say. Uh, here's a little bit of what he had to say in what turned out to be an eight-hour-plus
0: speech. Cut one. This one minute feels almost like eight hours now. It's <laughs> <laughs> no secret that this bill is too extreme, too costly, and too liberal. Just a few weeks ago, Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger said, Nobody elected Joe Biden to be FDR. Uh, That
5: female voice that you heard in the background there, just at the end of that clip, that was uh, AOC uh, sitting up in the balcony saying she voted for uh, Joe Biden as the next FDR. What's in that? Socialism, folks. That's what it's all about. And, of course, uh, the Democrats are being helped greatly uh, by... The major networks in this country all know this. They've they've been they they're lap dogs for the Biden administration. They just go along with everything. Joy Reid at MSNBC. I, I tell you what, she is a real cheerleader uh, for this. And I I was thinking about a theme song for the Joy Reid show on MSNBC, and I I think I've come up with a a theme song and what she's been saying about this Build Back Better bill. So. So let's have a little bit of the theme song.
2: Here's a little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy Lest
5: you think I exaggerate, here's Joy Reed talking about everything is really good, folks these inflation, the higher prices you see at the gas pump. Don't worry,
2: be happy. got seven so Republicans want you to believe the economy isn't doing well. that's terrible, but in reality, unemployment is at its lowest point since before the pandemic began. Prices are higher, which is never good, but Americans are also spending a record amount of money that was pent up during the pandemic, which Economics 101 will tell you drives prices up, aka inflation. And that conflict between how much we want to spend and what we can get into our hands quickly is contributing to how pessimistic many Americans feel about the economy. So the economy isn't bad, it's just that people are mad because everything is late and things cost a little bit more.
5: Yeah. Shame on you Americans for being upset that prices are skyrocketing and shelves are empty at your favorite grocery store and you you may have to have some kind of canned meat instead of a turkey for for Thanksgiving. Come on, folks. Oh, yeah. Byron Donalds is a congressman, Republican congressman from Florida. Uh, Fox and Friends this morning played that Joy Reid clip
6: and this is how Congressman Donald's responded to Joy Reid today. First of all, Joy Reid is an economic illiterate and the person that put that in her Mm teleprompter feed is also an economic illiterate. The reality is is that when you give people too much money without an exchange of value, And they don't have to go to work, which means you don't have people in the productive sector of the economy. It is going to cause inflation. That is why we should have never done federal UI back in federal unemployment insurance. Sorry, people back home uh, back in back in early February. That's why the child tax credit, direct money going to to people with children is a bad idea because you set up a a decision of am I going to take the additional five hours at work or am I going to stay home? And this is what happens if you do that through an entire economy, prices are going to go up. Up because people have more money to spend, but there's no exchange in labor in order for what they want to go acquire, which means the cost of goods are going to be more and more, more and more expensive. Somebody tell Joy Reid what I said so she can get a help. <laughs>
5: Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida said it well, but you know, uh, here's the way things are working through folks. Just, just so you know where it goes from here. Now, this bill that uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are going to pass this morning Uh, in the House before they all take a vacation for a week. And they all fly home on those gas-guzzling private airplanes that they they fly on. Uh, They don't worry about global warming when it comes to them, I'll tell you that. But here's what happens now. This is going to go to the Senate. And the Senate, we already know, is going to make some significant changes in this House bill. Uh, The Democrats' uh, senator from West Virginia uh, perhaps the Democrat senator from Arizona cinema, they have both expressed concerns with all of this. Now that Joe Manchin has in his hands uh, the actual CBO report, and he knows just what uh, Congressman Donald's talked about and Stuart Varney, that this thing is going to cost way more than what even the CBO says, uh, there's going to be reluctance there. So when the Senate makes the changes that they will in over the next couple of weeks, Then it's going to bounce back to the House because it has to be reconciled between the the two chambers. So uh, this, this is going to go on for several weeks yet. I do believe, unless Manchin gets the changes that he wants, that he will stand strong and that this bill will go nowhere. But what this has been for sure, at the very least, is a lesson in where the Democrats want to take this country. Make no bones about it. It's socialism. And, you know, the American people are catching on. You know, the polls we've been reporting on them over the last several weeks have uh, Joe Biden at the lowest rating that a a president in the first 10 months of his tenure has ever experienced, he and both his vice president Kamala Harris. Well, it's a brand-new poll that came out yesterday, a Quinnipiac poll, uh, Quinnipiac University, not a conservative organization. They have Biden's approval down at 36%. 36%. Thirty-six percent. Now, folks, uh, any president, Republican or Democrat, does not want to see that. Number one, just after ten months of being in office. But number two, heading into a midterm election next year. So we'll see what happens. But that—that that just tells me the American people are not as stupid as the Democrats think they are. They're catching on to this. They understand and they hear. They understand that rising fuel prices have a lot to do with Joe Biden's decision and war on fossil fuels. They understand the catastrophe on our southern border. They understand the absolute horrific removal of our forces from Afghanistan and that there are Americans still trapped there in that Islamic-run country. They understand all of that. That points to why his approval ratings are so low this game ain't over yet. All right, you're listening to Sandy Rios in the morning on a Friday, Fred sitting in for Sandy. Much more ahead, much more to talk about. Don't dare go away.
7: In churches, in a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing.
0: In his image
8: with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event.
0: To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie.
2: This is pause to pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
9: Today we pray for
0: Rohit Chopra director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. His agency is responsible for consumer protection in the financial sector, overseeing
9: banks, credit unions, payday lenders, and debt collectors. Romans 15.1 reminds us of the importance of protecting others. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves.
6: Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Rohit Chopra as he works to protect the American consumer. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen.
2: Pause to pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org.
4: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty is celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. There's a big problem in America, folks. Most millennials do not have a biblical worldview. You say, Todd, why is that a big problem? Well, take a good look at what's happening in the streets of American cities, the chaos and the carnage, evidence of a morally bankrupt society. The Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University conducted a survey that showed only 2% of millennials share a biblical worldview. Now, a biblical worldview means believing that absolute moral truth exists and that truth is defined by the Bible. It would be wise to remember the words of John Adams, our second president. He once said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Be sure to listen to my national radio show live noon to 3 Eastern or download my free podcast at toddstarge.com. Don't forget to
9: connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net.
5: That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning on this Friday You know, we were talking about just before the break about the latest poll on Joe Biden, a Quinnipiac poll from Quinnipiac University. They have Joe Biden's approval rating down at 36%. Like I said, the American people are catching on to the agenda uh, of the Democrats. Uh, Buyers are more setting in, perhaps. And and just what's been going on in this country, as I mentioned, uh, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the crisis on our southern border. Now we've got inflation. Added all to that is these uh, growing threats, very significant threats from the uh, Joe Biden White House about punishing people who don't get vaccinated. These vaccinated ma- vaccination mandates. Now you're well aware that it's moving its way through the courts. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has put a hold on this plan. Uh, that Joe Biden has, that any entity, company, ministry like uh, AFA that has 100 employees or more uh, as of January 4th, uh, they would be forced to have vaccinations. It goes on and on. In some jurisdictions now, kids are going to be forced to get vaccinations and, and in order to attend school. And uh, one of the Christian legal ministries that's fighting hard on this front is the Pacific Justice Institute? Pacific Justice Institute, and the man who heads that is my good friend Brad Dacus. Good morning, Brad.
3: Oh,
9: good morning, Sandy. Great greeting to be in the program.
5: Actually, it's Fred. Oh, As Fred. Fre- I thought
9: that was Fred yeah. And- no,
5: Fred's filling in for Sandy today.
9: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
5: Hi, hey, Brad. Fred. Brad, we we completely understand why you might not understand that or have gotten that message. And here's the reason, I got to tell you folks. Brad lives in California. And he agreed to come on live this morning and it's what? 5:25 there where you are, Brad?
9: That is correct. That is correct.
5: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we completely understand uh why why you'd get that wrong. Brad, it's great to have you with us this morning. Brad, uh you're uh, Pacific Justice Institute on uh one of the ministries, the legal ministries on the forefront of this and You've got a program going, Operation Pushback, out there, and and you're there to help people. And I know you're already helping many people. How to prepare? How these vaccine mandates uh, shifting course, and what you're doing? So let's go through this. Uh, let's let's take examples. Uh, we know workers are facing pressure, even outside of the Biden mandates, uh, to get vaccinated, or they may lose their jobs. Medical workers, et cetera, et cetera. So talk to, let's say, a medical worker this morning who's already facing this, facing these deadlines. What can they do legally about this?
9: Yeah, Fred, that's a great question. Uh, and uh, I will say right off the, the get-go on our website, we have it all laid out uh, real clearly for people to take advantage of uh, their opportunities to uh, stand up to, to this, to push back, uh, which is org. Uh, but let me just say right off the, the get-go, as far as employees, uh, there is definite remedies. First, they could file for a, a medical exemption, if, and if they, they usually they need a, uh, if they have unless they have a friendly employer, they need you know a doctor to be able to back that up. Uh, but if they've already had COVID, for example, then they can uh, you know they can make a, a claim for that. As uh, with uh, we have uh, over 120 studies referenced on our website that they can reference that shows those who've had COVID have a stronger and broader immunity than those uh, who've been vaccinated. And, uh, and that's, that's a, a, you know, one separate way of, of uh, uh, getting uh, out of having to have the vaccine. But another way, which is even easier, is a religious exemption request. And uh, for that, people, uh, we have it you know, laid out on our website exactly what they need to do. Uh, they should not uh, you know, file a pre-printed statement of faith uh, that they sign and just give their boss because uh, that doesn't prove their sincerity and that's what they have to prove is their sincerity uh, what they need to do is write out for themselves and on our website we show them basically the the structure they need to after their their testimony um, why that testimony why their uh, beliefs compel them not to have the vaccine specifically They've prayed about it. They've sought the Lord on it. They feel it's the Holy Spirit's conviction. If that's true. They need to all articulate that. And of course, of course, put in lots of scriptures. Uh, scripture is like kryptonite uh, to, <laughs> to the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the religious experience it plus scripture is it's very powerful. And uh, for them to lay claim to their rights under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act to be reasonably accommodated. And, of course, they want to be very cooperative for, with a reasonable accommodation, uh, wearing, you know, wearing a mask or being tested. Those are all things that, that uh, they need to be willing to, uh, to show their, that they're willing to do to keep their job. And uh, people who do this uh, generally are successful, uh, but uh, we, are, we at Pacific Justice Institute are going to be very busy across the nation with our many offices from coast to coast uh, defending uh, religious freedom.
5: Yeah, I know. I wanted to mention that, that you're based in California, but you, you've you really expanded over the last several years. You do have offices across the country now. But I I I, I wanted to ask you also, because I know we have a lot of moms and dads and grandparents listening right now, the growing pressure about uh, you know, kids as young as five, year old, five years old getting vaccinated and making that a condition of being able to go to schools. Uh, what can you say to moms and dads this morning about that?
9: Yeah, this is tragic, and uh, and it's it's a very serious threat uh, because, uh, for example, the state of California has already come out, the governor has said that they're going to be mandating it starting as early as January, uh, where uh, every child, not just children in public schools, also children in charter schools and private schools, private Christian schools, will all be mandated to have the jab uh, all the way down to the age of five, no matter what. You know, so that's what we're dealing with. And we think other states, particularly blue states or oppressive states, uh, are going to copy California's example, unfortunately. And even some school districts may try to do the same, you know, in cities like Houston, Fort Worth, uh, Miami and other places. So the, the remedy for that is for parents to lay claim to a, what's called a personal exemption. And it depends on the state. Some states have religious exemptions, some have a personal exemption. And, uh, and on our website, we have a place where parents can go to register with us. It says CA that we call it for California and then case 12 But they can click that and register uh, so that uh, if, so that when and when, if their state or school district comes down with this mandate, uh, we're going to be preparing a customized response uh, for every parent, uh, with every child, uh, in that, in such a, that state or that school district. Uh, and, uh, we make it all without charge, all our legal work, all our resources is without charge. Uh, but it's real important because that way we can send it to them immediately. They can get it. And then they can immediately register it with the school or school district, uh, before their child is suddenly vaccinated, uh, with something very experimental and controversial uh, without their consent or without them even knowing about it.
5: Um, also you have advice, uh, in case uh, a person's religious exemption is denied and, uh, their employment is threatened. Is there something that they can do beyond that?
9: Um, yeah, you said if, um, if their employment is denied, uh, if, if okay, their religious question, they, exemption
5: they're, they're, is denied.
9: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What to do. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm still waking up. Sorry about that.
3: <laughs> no problem.
9: <laughs> um, thanks, thanks, Fred. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they on our website we have um, a place to go to, it, and it's uh, you know they, they go to it, it's pji dot org, and it, and it has on there you know it says what to do if 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 denied, and they click that, and it tells it shows them what to do, and I'll say you know first thing they need to find out you know why they were denied. You know, did they use a pre standardized Pre-printed form response, you know, uh, that could be the reason. If that's the case, they need to submit another one. Have been handwritten and 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 just say, hey, I want some. I, obviously, there's need for a greater clarification of my beliefs. And here, you know, that's why I want to res- uh, submit this this uh, follow up or this addendum. And then go in and, and mention your, your testimony and and then, and how it applies to your faith and and about regard to the vaccine, you prayed about, et cetera. Um, and or you know, it could be because. Uh, you were denied because you talked about uh, the person talked about their the constitution and their constitutional rights, their founding fathers, uh, in addition to their faith. Or uh, the the medical risks and the statistical risks of of the vaccine and why it's toxic and in addition to their faith. Um people should not mention either of those. And if they realize they made that mistake and it looks like it if there's other reasons other than your just your sincere convictions of religious beliefs they need to go back and submit another one and say, "This is the core reason. This is the reason." I talked to you about some other, you know, issues as the, you know, but this is the reason, you know, and uh, and resubmit it. So if they're still denied, then on our website we talk about how to file a complaint with the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunities Commission, and how to get that moving and just the whole process. And um, and either the EEOC will. Uh, say, yes, we'll represent you, or here's a right to sue letter, and you can take that right to sue letter and go to an attorney and and, uh, and seek representation for wrongful termination. We at Pacific Justice Institute have hundreds of affiliate attorneys all across the country, and we have offices all the way from miami up to to Boston to Seattle down to southern california to to Dallas and many, many places Mississippi, um many places across the country uh you know Chicago. Cincinnati, Philadelphia, New York, um, in Milwaukee, I mean, just, you know, all over the United all, States. All Atlanta. Yeah.
5: yeah. I, I, I want to go Those back people. to something you just said with regards to right to sue, because we've all heard that the uh, companies that made these vaccines were given exemptions uh, over being sued. But does that preclude someone who may have very adverse effects to a vaccine they've been forced to take in order to keep their job, and they become ill. Can they still, even though they can't sue the drug companies, can they sue their employer?
9: Oh, so, yes. And uh, in fact, many employers uh, ever so foolishly, um, you know, independent of, of the uh, OSHA requirements, which were put, put on hold, uh, fortunately, um, but independent of that, there's still some employers out there saying, you've got to have the jab, you've got to have the vaccine. Well, they don't realize these employers, and we talk about this on our website for employers who want to make the right decision—that you know, responsible decision. Um, but those that, that require this and say and, and don't accept a, 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 a back, an exception request uh, or just simply require it, and there's and there's some kind of reaction. Well, that employer can be sued. The employer is not exempt. The employer is only ex- exempt per se um, to the extent to which. Uh, They're mandated by the government, and the government doesn't allow them to give religious um, uh, exemptions. Employers actually, uh, with the exception of Washington State, where it's decided by a government tribunal whether or not the exemption is accepted, uh, it's really up to the employer to accept or reject exemption requests. And uh, employers, if they don't accept their exemption request, and uh, that that employee uh, has any kind of reaction, uh, that employer can be sued. you know over eighteen thousand people, according to the federal register, so this isn 't something from some group. This is the federal government. Federal register says over eighteen thousand have died from the vaccine, so and then over seven hundred thousand have had serious some permanent reactions to it strokes, seizures, all kinds of things. so this is very serious, and employers who go down this road and mandate the vaccine uh, and, and, and and don't accept any kind of exemption request But they mandate, it, independent of any kind of federal mandate, then they're going to be in deep trouble because there's lots of lawyers that we know uh, that are willing to hold them accountable for this egregious violation of individual liberty.
5: All right, Brad, Brad Dakis of Pacific Justice Institute. We've been talking with him. Brad, once again, uh, give out your website, where people can go because I know the website has a load of information.
9: Oh, it certainly does. It's p j i dot org. P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute dot org. P j i dot o r g.
5: All right, Brad. Brad Dakis of Pacific Justice Institute. Once again, thank you for getting up so early, and uh, thank you for all that you do. Uh, praise the Lord for. Hello. Many legal firms like yours that are out there working uh, on behalf. And and as you say, you do it gratis. Uh, uh, praise the Lord for for you guys and your dedicated law, uh, legal team there.
9: Well, Fred, thank you. And for all that you guys do at AFA, uh, we're uh, very grateful and appreciative for you being a, a salt and light to a nation that needs it now more than ever. Uh, God bless you and keep up the great work.
5: All right, Brad, you take care. Bye for now. Uh, also, on the legal front, before we uh, go to a break and then come back to you on our phones, uh, you may not have heard overnight that the Christian florist, uh, her name is Baronel Stutzman out there in Washington State, she has now settled her legal dispute, which started many years ago. Uh, hers is the case. She's the Christian florist, Southern Baptist florist, who has been friends with homosexuals through the years, Uh, except two homosexuals wanted her to provide flowers for their wedding. Uh, Well, they turned against her and took her to court, and she has been through the ringer. But now she has settled for $5,000. She is retiring from the business. Her employees are going to take it over. But Baronelle Stutzman uh, has fought the good fight, and that fight will continue on many other fronts because we know other Christian businesses, Jim Phillips in Colorado and others, who are facing the same kind of challenge. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. The topics we've discussed this morning, uh, the latest news from the Congressional Budget Office that Joe Biden and the gang kind of been not telling the truth about what this reconciliation bill, the socialist bill, will cost America. 888-589-8840. We'll talk to you when we come back.
0: Pastor Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland dig deep into God's Word. We're starting one of the most important books of the New Testament, taking you
4: into the heart of truth.
0: Paul's
4: determined for these Christians in Galatia, don't get off track.
0: With clear insight. This is just the Apostle Paul at his finest. Don't miss exploring the Word with Bert Harper and Alex McFarland. Every weekday at 3 p.m. Central on AFR. Bishop E.W. Jackson is on a mission.
9: Some people are just embarrassed to be Americans. That's a big problem. I mean, I've heard people say that. They're embarrassed to be Americans. I'm not embarrassed to be American. I love my country. I'm I'm thankful to God that I'm an American. I'm thankful to God to live in this land of freedom and opportunity and hope. And I'm
1: fighting to make sure that that never changes.
0: The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson, every weekday at noon central on AFR. Or catch the podcast at AFR.net having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid
1: such people. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Today, some professing Christians assert that critical theory, critical race theory, and intersectionality are helpful tools for the church. These people have an appearance of godliness, but their assertions deny the sufficiency of God's word, to guide the church in living out the reconciliation Jesus secured for us on the cross. Make no mistake, as Paul told Timothy, the God-breathed scripture is sufficient for teaching, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Those who have an appearance of godliness, but deny the power of God's word for doctrine and practice,
0: must be identified and avoided. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
8: The church is growing big time in Latin America, and here's why. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. If you follow groups like Barna, who measure church growth in America, they'll tell you it's somewhat stunted. In fact, it may have even dipped here in America. But it prompts you to look at where is it growing around the world. It's in places like Latin America because people are willing to suffer for the gospel. Let me tell you about a church outside of Caracas, Venezuela. They are rescuing women who are kidnapped and forced into prostitution by the drug cartel. They're serious about this. In fact, one of the members was killed by the the cartel. His corpse pulled behind a truck to make an example to other Christians to stay out of the way to the cartel. But I can tell you, this church is focused on what they believe God has called them to, and they have led more than a hundred women, former prostitutes, to faith in Christ. And these women are needing Bibles because they're non existent in that part of Venezuela. Please, at $5 a Bible, make your most generous gift by calling 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org dot org.
0: This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Four decades ago, I worked for a great U.S. Senator named Henry Scoop Jackson. He tirelessly fought his time's existential threats to freedom, especially Soviet communism. Notably, Scoop publicized courageous dissidents harshly persecuted by the Kremlin for challenging its repression. By so doing, he and millions of others around the world helped protect those freedom fighters and undermine the legitimacy of the USSR that punished them and endangered us. The rest is history. We must do the same for those resisting today's greatest threat to freedom, the Chinese Communist Party. One such dissident is Zhang Zhan, a Christian journalist imprisoned for her troublesome reporting on the CCP's murderous COVID-19 virus. She's responded with a hunger strike that now has her near death. President Biden and the rest of us must demand that his old friend, China's dictator Xi Jinping, free Zhang Zhan immediately. This is Frank Afney.
8: Sandy Rios in the
5: Morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to the Friday edition of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Fred's heading in for Sandy. Sandy will be back on Monday. In the meantime, uh, taking care of the shop here, and there's lots to talk about. Uh, before we go to our phones, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Uh, just wanted to bring you up to date on that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The jury is now heading into day four. A lot of folks thought, you know what, that this would be quick and easy. Even the evidence the prosecution gave at the trial uh, supported, many people thought, many people felt, supported his defense that he shot those three individuals uh, in self-defense. The videos that even the prosecution showed supported that, at least the videos they showed during the course of the trial. So, the question is now, what is it that they're out debating? Some people think, some people think that some of the jury members are intimidated by what some people are referring to as the mob of protesters that have been gathering outside the court, that these jury members may be very concerned about their safety should they vote to acquit Young Rittenhouse. He's just 18 years old. Here's what happened yesterday in the court. A reporter slash producer for MSNBC was caught following the uh, vehicle, the bus, the van, that was taking the jury home. I guess it was after day three. At ran a, ran day two, uh, the the producer, the reporter for MSNBC ran a red light while he was chasing this vehicle. And the cops stopped him. And, of course, in the course of the investigation, found out he works for MSNBC. But following this vehicle home, wherever they were taking the jury members. Uh, and so yesterday in the court, the judge there, uh, said MSNBC, the reporter has been banned from the courtroom for covering. Very, very interesting. Uh, I've I've not seen that before. But talk about intimidation. Uh, Joe Concha uh, is a uh, talk show host and, uh, pardon me, he's a, a commentator with Fox News. And uh, he was on Fox this morning talking about this. And what he figures is behind it all, cut
0: four. Basic logic. NBC, MSNBC, which has declared Rittenhouse not only guilty, but a racist. Even before this trial began Mm -hmm. and the evidence started to come in, they actually expect people to believe that its producer was not following the jury van. He just happened to be right behind it. Pure coincidence, right? And then he decides to run a red light. Why? What's the sense of urgency? Unless you, as a producer, was doing exactly what you say you were instructed to do, photograph the jury. Oh, and speaking of the person who the producer claims instructed him to follow the jury, she has deleted her social media accounts, which if there was no wrongdoing here, this person Mm. wouldn't be doing that. Any logical person can see that this is partisan activism in broad daylight. Yeah,
5: it's not only MSNBC, folks. We're not picking on them this morning. Listen, the mainstream media has pretty well convicted Rittenhouse. If you read or listen to or watch the nightly news, the reports, the Associated Press on all of this, they have painted Rittenhouse as The aggressor in this. Remember early on last year during the election campaign when Joe Biden was asked about this incident because it occurred, I believe, last July there in Kenosha in the anti police rioting that went on there. Joe Biden referred to Rittenhouse at that time as a white supremacist. Now let us note Rittenhouse is white, but so are the three people he shot are white, but somehow they managed to turn this into a racist incident this is the narrative and the mainstream media is just following the white house talking points on all of this but good on the judge yesterday throwing out the msnbc reporter saying they're not allowed in the in the uh, in the courtroom anymore given can you imagine msnbc saying oh this guy was just over for a drive yeah right right behind the vehicle that was carrying the jury that's called intimidation folks that's what it's all about all right Let's go to our phones. Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. We head first this morning to Ohio, and Franny is on the line. Good morning, Franny. Go ahead.
2: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I are both not—we're not vaccinated, and we're older. Um, and we're doing it because you know we feel as though the Lord doesn't want us to take the vaccination. But at any rate. Uh, the whole thing with this OSHA coming out and saying that they're not going to implement the whole mandate, and then Biden again and his press secretary coming out and saying that uh, the businesses to go ahead and do the mandate, it makes me wonder, if not, that with the Supreme Court, um, and it gets there, and with Justice Roberts as a turncoat that he is on most things, is that maybe they don't know something already that when it goes to the Supreme Court, that they'll go ahead and vote in Biden's favor because he did the same thing with Obamacare. Um, that's just, you know, what I'm wondering about. But I don't, you know, I'm not some kind of expert or anything. But but at any rate, uh, but that's my question to you. I, yeah. I totally can see that happening.
5: Yeah, uh, I think Roberts is, uh, it's hard for people to, for the very reasons that you have outlined, hard to be optimistic uh, that he would go the right way on this. Uh, But uh, we're waiting now, of course, for the Sixth Circuit is going to, uh, they won the lottery the other day to hear all of these cases in the wake of what the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has now uh, rendered two judgments against the vaccine mandates. It, pardon me, in very strong language as well. So, yes, it will now go to the Supreme Court. The difference is uh, now there's, uh, there are three Supreme Court justices that uh, President Trump put on that court. There is hope, at least, that, um, that they will uh, favor uh, the court decisions that uh, there's a history of OSHA court decisions, and they've lost most of them in the past. OSHA is that government agency that Biden has put in charge of carrying out these mandates uh, against workplaces that have a hundred employees or more. So we'll have to wait and see on this. Uh, You know, justices like Kavanaugh uh, and, and others that uh, Trump put on the, on the court, you know, it's, I'm not a betting man, but, you can never tell with these justices, and I understand the concern, Franny, that you have about this. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't put hope in Roberts because he has flip-flopped so many times uh, that he could go either way on this. But, uh, you know, people like Kavanaugh and Justice Thomas, uh, it's, it's still a—so many people think it's a 5-4 to four division, with the 5 being the more conservative of the justices on that court which is one of the reasons that uh, some of the Democrats have floated packing the court, putting more justices on there. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm hoping that the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, upholds what the Fifth Circuit has said, uh, probably eventually because there are other court cases in all of this, and they'll it'll likely end up before the Supreme Court. But I'm not sure they're going to get there before Joe Biden's January 4th deadline. But, Franny, great question, and uh, we'll all be watching... And, and see how these court proceedings go. All right, to Arkansas, and we say good morning to Tom. Tom, go ahead.
3: Yes, hey, good morning, sir. How are you? It was an excellent program, by the way. I'm an addict for this program. But earlier on, you mentioned uh, the that, that idea of that pre-K uh, free daycare that's coming <laughs> along with this package. I have not yet heard anyone address the issue of what kind of curriculum, what kind of daily Uh, program these are going to include do you know anything about that at all
5: the curriculum for pre-k uh no i'm not
3: going to be teaching the kids in those those free pre-k programs
5: well let me use that phrase once again if i was a betting man i would think the indoctrination of leftist socialist policy would be there in some form i think you would see critical race theory uh start to be taught to these little kids and some people may say well they wouldn't understand that believe me These uh, educators today, the people that would run these daycare, there would be two things. There would be conditions put on the money that they get from the federal government with regards to the kind of curriculum these kids would be taught. That would be there. Uh, So we we just know they are uh, zealots on the left. They see the education system being used as a tool to indoctrinate kids as early as possible we're seeing that Uh, there was a there was a case i forget what state it was in uh where a little girl came home from school she was very young i'm talking about single digit and ages and said to her mommy mommy i was told today that because of uh, i have white skin that i'm an oppressor now that's all part of critical race theory so I can't answer your question directly with regards to what the curriculum is, Tom. But um, as I say, if I was a betting man, it would be filled by the fact that uh, they're getting federal dollars. There would be directives to start teaching kids at a very young age about socialism. All right. uh, Let's head down to Florida this morning. Great state of Florida. Florida. And we say good morning yeah, to thank Deborah. You.
7: It is safe. A <laughs> safe to... and
5: great state. Go ahead, Deborah.
7: <laughs> I'm calling about the budget situation. I've Sorry. already called a couple of um, senators or left messages up there. Being a Washingtonian, a native Washingtonian, mm-hmm. but I still love Washington D.C. But I love Florida too. But I want to give you a quote. Uh, a quote. It's called "Your glory lies in what you have given and may give to your country, not in what your country has." or may give to you. And this was by Calvin Coolidge at the Convention of the American Legion October 31st, 1921. Now, we know who came down with the saying in 1960. Mm. However, my concern is the budget has gotten out of control for decades. I mean decades. And actually, the presidential libraries get public funding from FDR-owned. Any president, include Lincoln, prior to has no public money whatsoever. It's all private funding. So I think all the money to these presidential libraries need to cease. That would save some money and private funding only.
5: Yeah, exactly. I forget what the price tag is on the Obama presidential library. Uh, It is absolutely huge. The one that they plan to build if they haven't started already, I think in Chicago is where they're building that library. But I agree with you. Uh, the, The wasteful spending that is out there. And, uh, these, these Democrats, they are socialists. That is the bottom line in all of this. And, uh, you know, we're right back to where we were with Obamacare. Uh, remember Nancy Pelosi said, you'll have to pass the bill to understand what's in it. Same thing going on with this, uh, so-called recreation bill, which Joe Biden calls the build back better bill. I have to go with slowly when I say that. Uh, but it's just, it's over 2000 pages. And there's a whole lot more in there that probably most of us are not aware of that go to Joe Biden's socialist uh, agenda. So uh, we are hoping, uh, I I guess we conservatives, I don't speak for all conservatives, but we are as conservatives are hoping that uh, when it gets to the Senate, uh, there are at least some Democrat senators that are willing to put the brakes on. And uh, I think with the CBO report and the analysis of it, that that will help. Uh, Indeed. Let's try to get one more call in before we have to leave you for the day and uh, go to Mark in Ohio. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, uh,
3: so one thing that I'm wondering about, uh, first of all, I wanted to say that this issue of the uh, problem with uh, mandates and and, uh, exemptions in California and the rest of the, well, mostly blue states, of course, uh, goes well beyond uh, Christian uh, liberties and freedoms to just basic personal uh, liberties and freedoms. And, you know, that's coming from a Christian that uh, believes in our, still, the ability to uphold and, and be protected by our Constitution. So, you know, we have a rare document that uh, as far as the rest of the world is concerned they have nothing like it that uh, you know you look at countries like Australia and, and even Austria now where uh, people are being just uh, draconially uh, restricted and and Absolutely. so we uh, need to really protect that and you know as we are yes. uh, right now the bastion and the protector of the rest of the world's freedoms and we've just got to double down and clamp down and and fight against this
5: stuff i think absolutely mark we have to run but yes we have a constitution here and let's hope we never allow this government to go as far as what they're doing in places like australia and austria uh, where these vaccine passports are coming along folks and basically you're going to have to stay home unless you're vaccinated that's the way it is and punish people who advocate otherwise. Great to be with you. Uh, as I say Sandy, we'll be back in the chair on Monday. In the meantime, stay tuned to more great programming here at American Family Radio. My thanks to Adam and Devin helping me through, guiding and directing on this Friday morning. Have yourself a great day, great weekend. We'll see you again soon. Bye for now.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast